Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Ksubis daf Samechtes. We are holding on daf Samechtes Amin Beis. We are a little bit behind. We're about 12, 15 lines from the end of the page. Last words on the line are Amar Rav Huna. Today's share is sponsored by Dr. David Landerer in honor of his wife and children and Li'ili Nishmas's mother, Golda Basimcha Shalom. Also sponsored by David and Esther Haber in memory of Esther's father, Yaakov Ben Shmuel, It is also sponsored by Rosie and Mark Friedman in honor of their son, Yosef Yishayahu, received. Harav Yosef Yishayahu, receiving smicha from Dayan Matasyahu Daich in the Eid Haredis in Ramat Shlomo. Mazel Tov, it's a beautiful simcha. And also by Talia and David Atkin in honor of his grandmother's yard site, Freida Shulamis Bas Harav Chaim Tzvi, Allah Shalom, the Neshama Shav Aliyah. We thank all the sponsors very much for the sponsorship. So the first thing we're going to discuss is we're going to, Rebbe is going to have this statement that Parnasa is not like tonight Suba. So we're going to have three possibilities what that means. Two of them are going to be rejected, and one of them is going to be accepted as to what Rebbe meant when he said that Parnasa is not like uh, Tanaik Suba. Then the Gemara is going to discuss collecting the Nadunya for the daughter from Nechasim Mishubadim. And uh, then the Gemara is going to talk about whether a Bas in, uh, is considered to be a Yoreshes or a Balaschov in the Isur Nechasim. The fact that you have to give 10% of the Nechasim in order to allow her to have a Nadunya to get married with. So how do we view that obligation? Is it that that's considered that just like the sons get Yerusha, she gets 10% of the Yerusha and she's being Yoresh from the father? Or is it? No, it's Ki'ilu the father uh, borrowed money from her. It's as if he owed money to her. So like a Balaschov, and we're going to discuss the Nafkaminas. And if it is a Balaschov, is it so Pashat that it's a Balaschov of the father? Or maybe she's considered to be a Balaschov of the sons, of the Yorshim themselves. Then the Gemara is going to discuss, do we collect only from Karka or even from Metaltalin. Meaning when the daughter comes to take her 10% for the Nadunya, so can she only take from Karka or is she even allowed to take from Metaltalin that the father had uh, had left behind? And then uh, the Derech uh, Agav, because of the way that that conversation plays out, about whether we take from Karka or Metaltalin. So in, in the context of that conversation, they also brought up a different topic of how we know that an Avel is Yoshev Barosh, that the placement of an Avel seat in a, uh, in a base Avel. So we're going to see it comes up in an unusual context. That's how, uh, it's, even though it's totally from the outside, that conversation comes up as well. Then in the Mishnah, on base, we're going to talk about what if the father is Mashlish, he appoints a Shlish with a certain amount of money to take care of the Yisama, to take care of his daughter, to buy something for the daughter, and then she becomes the Yisama. The father dies, what do we do with that money? So when one is mashlish uh, ma'os, so the Gemara is going to uh, discuss that in great detail. So let's begin. Again, we're about uh, 12, 15 lines from the end of the page. Last one line is Amar Rav Huna. So Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rebbe. Parnasa ksuba. The Parnasa that we give the daughters of the Nadunya does not have a, a din like the Mizonos, which is part of the Tanai Ksuba. Meaning the fact that you have to give Mizonos to the daughters, that's included in the Ksuba. The fact that you give Nadunya is not considered a Tanai Ksuba. So my Ksuba, what halacha are we saying that it's not a Tanai Ksuba? If it's because you're telling me that the Parnasa, the daughter, could be Gove even from the Chasim Shubadim, that meaning even if the brothers sell, the father dies, the brothers Yoresh the estate, they sell parts of the estate, that the daughter can go to those Lukuchos and take away some of that money for the Parnasa, 
But if she needs to collect mizonos, she's not allowed to go and take from the luchuchos that the brother sold to. That can't be the pshat because my kamash milan. What would be the chiddush in telling me something like that? It's so obvious because that happens every day in a basin somewhere that they allow the girl, the girl to be motzi milukuchos for the sake of parnasa, but they don't allow her to be motzi milukuchos for the sake of uh, of mizonos. So Rav Huna wouldn't have needed to teach me such a din. It's such an obvious, uh, such an obvious din. So uh, the Achronim point out what, maybe it's so obvious because everyone knew the teaching of Rav Huna, meaning that uh, Rav Huna was saying in the name of Rebbe, I'm Rav Huna, I'm a Rebbe. Maybe Rebbe had taught. This, and because Rebbe had established that that was the minhag, that's why everyone uh, was knowing that way. So you can't ask, why is Rafuna saying this in the name of Rebbe? It's so obvious. So no, it sounds like though that Rafuna was trying to say something that that not only was a chiddush in the days of Rebbe, but was a chiddush in his own days. He was trying to say something new in the base Medrash. That's what Tulsus points out in Dibur Maschal Vaha, that it's a kasha, again, not a kasha on what he's saying. What he's saying is accurate. The problem is this too accurate. Everyone knows it already. And uh, Ravuna gave the impression that he was saying something that not everybody knew yet. So that possibility of what Rebbe meant when he said Parnasa is not correct. Ve'ella, a second possibility Maybe it's that you're allowed to collect the parnasa, the nedunya for the daughter from metaltalin that the father was morish. But tanaiksuba can only be collected from karka and not from metaltalin. Well, that can't be either because the Rebbe, according to Rebbe, that Rav Huno is quoting both parnasa and mizonos can be collected from metaltalin as well. Titania, because we have a brisa whether you're talking about karka or whether you're talking about metaltalin that you're allowed to collect from even metaltalin for the uh, for the mizonos so you see that Rebbe holds that mizonos isha and the banos is uh, like a tanaik suba in that it can be collected um, uh, uh, the, I'm sorry that which are part of the tanaik suba can be collected even from metaltalin so don't tell me that when Rebbe said that Parnasa is not Kitanai Ksuba. He means that Kitanai Ksuba cannot be collected from a Taltalin, but Parnasa can be collected from a Taltalin. Not true. He holds that Kitanai Ksuba can also be collected from a Taltalin. So we're still stuck. What did Rebbe mean when he said Parnasa? A third and final possibility, and this one we're going to accept. In the Brisa, it says a chilik between Parnasa and Mizonos that are Shomelo. If a person says as he is dying that he does not want his daughters to have Mizonos from his Nechasim, um, the, uh, the, we do not listen to him. The daughters get Mizonos from his Nechasim because that is a chiyuv, that is part of his Tanaiksuba, that the Chamwar and it has nothing to do with what he wants or doesn't want. That is an obligation. But if he says, If he says he doesn't want the Nedunya to go to his daughters from his Nechasim, then we do listen to him, and they do not get Parnasas, which means Nedunya, from his Nechasim. Parnasa because uh, Parnasa is not like a Tanaik Suba that's a Shibud Balkarcho against uh, that he has to do. It's, it's just a Chamim 
assume that he would want to do it. So if the father's not around, we provide Parnassah from his estate because we assume what father wouldn't want to give uh, to give Parnassah, to give Nadunya to his daughter. But if he was Megaladas, then he doesn't want to. So then we have to listen to him because it is not an absolute obligation. Okay, so now we hit today's daf. Top of Samachtasamaral. So the Gemara discusses, are we Motsi min Chasim Shabadim for the for the Nadunya? So Rav sent an Igeras, Rav sent a letter, an Igeras Shlomim, and Talalei Rav Lerebi and Beni uh, Chiti. He he attached in between the lines of the letter, a, uh, he had a few extra, you know, a little bit of extra space in the letter, so he was able to attach this quick Shaila that he sent to him. If brothers are Meshabi the Nichseyav, so are the sisters able to collect from the Nechasim Shabadim in order to provide them with Parnasa or with? With mizonos, or do we say no? Nechasim shabadim cannot be used to collect parnasa or mizonos. So the Gemara says that when uh, Rebbe got the letter, Haviyasav Rebbe Chia came. Rebbe Chia happened to be sitting in front of Rebbe. So Amalei Rebbe Chia said to Rebbe, "What sort of shibud is he not? Is he asking about whether the banos could collect from machru or mishkano? Is he talking about where the brothers had sold the uh, the properties and the daughters want to take it away from lekuchos, or is he only misubuk about it? Or is he is he misubuk even?" about a case where they gave us a mashkon that uh, the guy had money and they were mashabi to the malva they were mashabi karka to the malva that if they don't pay back the money that he'll be able to collect from this karka but it hadn't been sold yet it hadn't actually changed the ownership yet they just gave it as a mashkon in case they don't pay back whatever money they owe so, so and, and, and his question was even about that are the daughters even allowed to collect from that so, so Rebbe said to Rebbe Chia what difference does it make what the suffix was Bain Machro, Bain Shemashkino, whether he, it was the brothers had sold it or whether they gave it as a mashkin, the Allah is Motsi in the Parnasa, Bain Motsi in the Mizonos, that we are Motsi for Parnasa, we are not Motsi for Mizonos. In fact, we knew this already because in the first possibility of what uh, Rebbe meant when he said Parnasa ain't Kitanai Ksuba, we said, oh, maybe Rebbe meant that Parnasa could be collected from Mishubadim and Tanai Ksuba you cannot collect from uh, Mishubadim. So uh, we said, my Kamashwan, that's my Simbachal Yom. That were motzi in the parnasa, the ain motzi in limazonos. So this is Rebbe saying it. This is uh, where Rebbe, in his generation, when he got the letter, he was saying explicitly, "Now yeah, motzi in the parnasa, the ain motzi in limazonos." It's a funny way of saying that uh, the shaila was asked because it just says that he stuck some words in between a line of a uh, of, of, of of a letter. Uh, so of an igerish shlomim. So uh, the uh, but but it's, it reveals something in halacha. There's a chuvas avodas hager. Shuni, who says that when you write Mili Bialma, uh, on, uh, it should be written on a separate piece of paper not to mix Divrei Chol with Divrei Kedusha. It shouldn't be written on the same paper as uh, Divrei Torah. And he says that's what I do and it's, that's the proper thing to do to separate the Kodesh from Chol. Um, so, uh, so, so the, uh, the Achronim say what do you mean? It sounds from uh, the Tshuva Saprakasa Danya says it sounds from our Gemara that Talalei Rav the Rebbe Benichiti Rashi says that Rav in Inini Gerish Shlomim included this Shaila Lahalacha. So it sounds like there's Divrei Torah written together with the uh, Divrei Chol. So it uh, sounds like that's not a problem. So he says may, maybe the Kasha is not a Kasha based on what the Marim Shiv says in Arasugya that the reason Rav wrote it Bein Ashuros and he didn't write it in the normal way of Derech Siva, um, you know, in the in the Seder of the Lines was because in the days of Rav there was still an Issa to write Divrei Torah Shabal Peh and therefore Rav had to change had to do something different from a regular uh, 
ksiva. And that way, by doing it with the shinoi, there's no uh, there's no isra. The zoom conked out again. I don't know what's been going on. So based on that, that Prakas says you can't bring a raya from the Maisa of Rav to uh, that uh, to to to, uh, to to that discussion because Rav didn't have a possibility of writing divrei Torah in a normal way. It was usher to write divrei Torah in the normal way. The only way to write it was by doing this uh, to, to write it Beni Shuri to write it in between uh, in between the lines. So anyway, so the Gemara says the Rav Rav who sent the Shaila. Why did he write Shibdu, which is like this very vague lashon, and he didn't spell out uh, that if the brother sold the property, he didn't spell out whether he was asking if the brothers uh, were, uh, um, were, were, were gave the property as a mashkon. So if his shaila was about machrum, if his shaila was about machru, so then nichtov machru, then they should write machru. Thank you very much. Um, um, if if the shaila was about machru, then oh now it comes up. I'm using yours anyway. It's more reliable. Uh, if the shaila was about machru, then they uh, then they they is that okay? Yeah. If the shaila was about machru, then uh, then they should have said they should have said machru. If the shaila was the, he should have spelled it out. He shouldn't have just said uh, this vague lashon of sheshibdu. So i machru kami baile nichtav le machru i mishkenu kami baile nichtav le mishkenu. So says more rav travayu kami baile rav had a double shaila v'savar. I mean he was he wasn't sure about either case. So v'savar he figured i. If I'm going to write to him machru, that my shaila is only a case of machru. And so if he tells me that even when they were mocher, you could, the girl could be motzi milukuchos, so then I'll know the answer to both questions. That if even when they were machru, he could be motzi milukuchos kolshkein mishkenu. For sure, if it was only a mashkun, he could be motzi from milukuchos. And ishalachli ein motzin. And if the but if the response is that you cannot be motzi milukuchos, I'm not going to know the answer to the case of mishkenu. Akati mishkenu. I'm going to have to send another letter or I'm going to have to find another Igerish Shlomim where I could sneak in uh, about Mishkanu because I'm not going to know. Maybe you only can't be Motsi Milukuchos, but you could be Motsi Amashkon and Ika Sivile Mishkanu. And if I were to only, if I were to have been specific and only asked about the case of Mishkanu, so Ishalachli De'en Motsiim, so if the answer would have been, you can't even take away when it was given as a Mashkon, well then Kalshken Machru, then I'll know the answer that obviously I'm not allowed to take away if it was Mecher. Ishalachli Motsiim. But if he tells me that you can be motzi when it was taken as a mashkon, the girl can take away for her uh, parnasa. Sakati machru kamibayle. But then I'm still going to be left with the shaila. What if the what if the brothers actually sold it? So echtovlei shibdu demashmahachi umashmahachi. So that's why he wrote the lashon of shibdu, which uh, implies one or the other. Why didn't he just ask both? Why didn't he just say I have a shaila about machru and I have a shaila about mishkenu, and then everyone will know exactly what he's bothered by? He would have saved this whole conversation. Why are you paying? By the by the by the word, you have to every word costs you something. So uh, so maybe that's why the Gemara had said that's what some of the Achronim say. Maybe that's why the Gemara had said that Rav that he had to write it dafka between the lines of an Igeres Shlomim. The implication is he didn't have space. He had to he had to maximize whatever space he had. Like in the old days when you had a postcard and you had to fit in whatever. So they say that they used to. Uh, that's how they used to send letters to the Ragachaver. That all the chuvas that we have from the Ragachaver where throughout all of Europe people would send a postcard to the Ragachavar with prepaid postage for return postage and you'd write the shaila on one side of the postcard and the Ragachavar would write the tshuva in whatever space was provided so if you wanted 
wanted a longer tshuva from the ragged shofar with more mar makamos, you'd uh, say the shailin shorter. If you wanted a shorter tshuva, you'd write the longer shailin. He never actually wrote like actual answers. He wrote mar makamos where you could figure out the answers from uh, from the mar makamos. Or sometimes you couldn't, I guess. But he would try to. Uh, that, that's how uh, that was his uh, his style. So uh, so the uh, the tshuvas mishnah lachos quotes from a michtav from the stipler where he says that it's not proper to send uh, the, the, to, to, to send a michtav that has uh, erasures in it and uh, to write ben in small letters meaning when you write, when you write the Torah when you write, you should write nicely but the Mishnah Allah says, Ad um, the Aur Gemara says, Ben Ashitin uh, Rav sent an important shayla to Rabbi and Rashi says that it was in the Gerish Shlomim and he wrote in between, so Mestama uh, it was very tiny letters and it wasn't written so nicely the stipler also writes over there in that letter, that you shouldn't sell, send Divrei Torah on a daf karua, on a torn piece of paper, meaning the point is, uh, whatever forced Rav to do this, to write in such an unusual way, and to write in such a what, what would look like a disrespectful way, is that there was some hechrich that he had to do this, that he didn't have much space, he couldn't send another letter, he wasn't a letter right, Divrei Torah, something like that, but normally one has to treat Divrei Torah with respect, it's like Rabbi Kivega writes in his Hakdama to, uh, to Shailas and Shuvas, that he was very makbid that the Tshuvas Rabbi Kivegur be printed on very beautiful paper, that it be printed in a very beautiful way with nice uh, nice font and nice, for those days, what was a nice font? Nowadays it would be considered like little Rashi letters you can't read, but, uh, but, but uh, in, 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 in a nice font that it be, that the Torah be delivered it's like a Hidr Mitzvah, that the Torah be delivered in a beautiful package, that it shouldn't just be uh, like some uh, chaplap, uh, just thrown together kind of thing, uh, that uh, it's proper respect to the Divrei Torah, that it be delivered in a proper way. Anyways, so that was Rebbe's opinion. So when it comes to collecting from the Nechassim Meshubadim, so uh, Rebbe said that we're in the Parnassah, but we're not Motzi'in from the, uh, for the Mizonos from the Nechassim Meshubadim. Rabbi Yochanan, Echadzeh both for Parnassah and for Mizonos, we're not Motzi from Nechassim Meshubadim. So Yibaylu, the Rabbi Yochanan, Lo Rabbi? Wait, Rabbi Yochanan who says that Ein Motzi'in, is it that he didn't hear that Rebbe had said that we are Motzi from Nechassim for Parnassah, but Vishmiel, they have Makabale, and had he known that Rebbe said differently, he would have uh, conformed to what Rebbe said. Or maybe he knew exactly what Rebbe said, but he didn't agree. So Rebbe Yochanan was disagreeing, was arguing on Rebbe. So Tashma says, well, let's try to bring a raya. If someone dies and he leaves two daughters and one son, so the Allah is that the son is Yoresh, all of the Nechassim on the Daraisa level, and the Chabim are Mesakin, that the daughters get Isra Nechassim and Mizonos, right? They get the Isra Nechassim when they get married, that's their Nidunya, and they get Mizonos until they get married. So the Kadmar, Rishon of Anitli, Isra Nechassim, the older daughter went and got married, so she got her 10% to, to, as a Nidunya to get married with. And the second one was not yet married, and then the son dropped dead. And he didn't have any uh, children, so both bundles are now Yoresh, the, uh, the, the 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 their brother, their their Yoresh the son, and they're Yoresh him equally. So now they want to come and split the Yerusha. And the second daughter, who never got her ten percent, says, "Yeah, yeah, we'll split the Yerusha 50-50, But first, I take ten percent off the top, meaning you already got your ten percent when you got married. I want my ten percent when I get married, and then we'll split it fifty-fifty. So Rabbi Yochanan Shnia Vitra. That no, the second one is Mevat. 
Matan doesn't mean she's actually involved. It means she loses. She loses her chelak in the Yisr Nechasim, and we split whatever's left 50-50 without giving her 10% off the top because the, the first daughter got her Yisr Nechasim. Now they have a din of like any two sisters that don't have, uh, that, that are Yorish Beshava. And they, there is no din of Yisr Nechasim when two sisters are Yorish Beshava. The whole din of Yisr Nechasim is only when there's a son that's being Yorish, and then uh, they have to take care of their sisters by giving Yisr Nechasim. But over here, there is no son. So I'm Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Chanina said to Rabbi Yochanan, we said even more than this when it comes to providing for the Nisun. We said that we're Motsi from the Kuchos for the, for the, for the Nadunya. We're just not Motsi the Kuchos for Mizonos. So, uh, so you see that, uh, that this Takana of Yisun Nechasim is a very strong Takana to the extent that we're even going to be Motsi Minchasim Shubadim. Vitra, and you're going to say that she loses her Chelek in the Yisun Nechasim? If uh, the Nechasim were by Lukuchos, she'd be allowed to collect them. Uh, you're right, if the son would have sold those Nechasim, she'd be allowed to collect her 10%. So Kolshkein, if they're still in the, in, within the family and they're still by the Yarshim, she should be allowed to collect them. So he challenged, he challenged, why did you, Rabbi Yochanan, say, Shniya Vitra, don't you know that she's even allowed to be Motsi Milukuchos? But Vimi but if Rabbi Yochanan never heard that which Rabbi said, that you're Motsi Milukuchos Mishabadim, name a lay, Rabbi Yochanan should have responded, Mayamro, what are you talking about? I never heard of such a thing. Meaning, it must be that Rabbi Yochanan had heard of Rebbe. He knew of Rebbe's statement that uh, that were motzi milukuchos, and he disagreed. And he said, So this is a raya that Rabbi Yochanan must have uh, heard of Rebbe and disagreed with him, and not that had he uh, known what Rebbe said, that he would have agreed. So it's not a raya. Maybe Rabbi Yochanan never heard of Rebbe's uh, psak. And once he heard it, he accepted Rebbe's psak, and he changed his mind, and he also holds that we're motzi milukuchos. So he didn't say man amra because he knows exactly who said it. Not not because uh, because uh, later on uh, he he found out who said it. So uh, Rabbi, and even so, Rabbi Yochanan holds that the boss is not able to collect from the Yerusha the Yisur Nechasim before they split the Yerusha, even though she can take from the Lukuchos, but not from the Yerusha. Why? It's different when the brother dies and the daughters get the entire Yerusha because now there's enough other Nechasim that she's got plenty of money. She doesn't need the Yisra Nechasim. When did Rebbe say that you're allowed to go collect from Nechasim Mishubadim, from the Lukuchos, her Yisra Nechasim? She's not going to have a dunya otherwise. She'll have nothing otherwise because the brother got the whole Yerusha. He sold it all. He's, he's, uh, he's sitting on that money and now she has to go collect from the Lukuchos. If she doesn't, she's going to get nothing. But in the case that we're talking about where there were two daughters, one son, the son died, she's going to get the entire Yerusha. She's splitting half the Yerusha with her sister. So the Yisra Nechasim is not something she's depending on to be able to live, if you're saying the truth that if a daughter has other money, then there's no reason to go crazy about making sure she gets her Yisra Nechasim. Let's say she finds a bag of diamonds as a metzia. So you say, oh, she's got plenty of money. She found a lottery ticket. She won the lot. She's got plenty of money. So now she's not going to get Yisra Nechasim. Is that true? No, when I was explaining Rabbi Yochanan that she doesn't get Yisra Nechasim, it's because she has money from the actual estate, from the father's estate. 
So if the father's estate is already providing her with plenty of money, that's when she's not going to get Yisrael Nechassim. I don't care what other money she has. If she has money from other sources, that doesn't make her lose Yisrael Nechassim. We're not going to go assessing how much money a girl has from other, uh, from other places. So now the Gemara discusses uh, the fact that the brothers have to pay Yisrael Nechassim. What are the mechanics of that? Do we consider it to be a Yerusha, that the daughter's like a Yorish, just like the sons are? Or do we consider it like a Balaschov? Samar Amemar, Bas Yoresh when the daughter gets Yisrael Nechassim, we consider her to be a Yoresh in that 10%, just like uh, the sons are a Yoresh. She's not like a Balchov. Do you mean to say that if the brothers want to pay off the Yisrael Nechassim bizuzi with money and they don't want to give her karka from the Yerusha and she wants dafka that they should give her karka, is that true that they're not allowed to pay her off with cash because she's a Yoresh, just like one Yoresh can't force the other Yorish not to take property and to only take money instead so the brothers can't force her to take the Yisrael Nechassim in money so Amemer says Ravashi in that's exactly what I'm trying to tell you that the daughter is a Yorish and she gets the Yisrael Nechassim and therefore she can uh, she can take it uh, with with property and she does not have to take money so then Ravashi asks Amemer if that daughter is considered a Yorish if the brothers want to give her a particular piece of land that she shouldn't get 10% of every single karka that the father owned. And she says, I want 10% of every karka. I want 10% of our father owned five businesses. I want 10% of every business. Don't just try to give me, uh, you know, half of one of them. Are we going to say that the brothers are not allowed to be misalikar with uh, karka in such a way? Amalayin says exactly what I mean. She's a Yoreshes. She has the same rights that they have, just a different percentage. She gets 10% and they get however the Yerusha divides. Ravashi says, no, She's considered a balaschov of the of the brothers. She's not a yoreshes in nichsei aviha. Vafa meimar hadabein. Even a meimar changes mind and heals like Ravashi that the door is in fact a balaschov. I was standing in front of a meimar. And there was a woman claiming her isur nuchasim. And I saw that a meimar was thinking that if the brothers wanted to just pay her cash to make her go away and not to give her karka, they were allowed to do that. How do I know that he held that way? He didn't say it, but the shami meachi. I heard the brothers talking that they were telling her ilu have where they said, I wish we had cash. We could just make this go away. We would just give you cash and that would be the end of it. So Ishtik and Amemar didn't correct them. He didn't say, no, you can't. You would have to give them, you would have to give her karka anyway. The fact that he did, the fact that he didn't correct them tells me that he agreed with them, that had they had cash, they'd be able to, uh, they'd be able to just give her cash instead of giving her karka. So, uh, so that's a wild chiddish, uh, that because Amemar overheard a conversation that was hypothetical, had we had cash, we would give you cash. And he didn't correct their hypothetical, so it must be that their hypothetical is true. So Tulsa's right. So you see from here that Rabbi that Rabbeinu Tam developed a practice from here that whenever there were Bali Din in front of him, and one of them would say, uh, Oh, if only this, I would and they were incorrect, Rabbeinu would say, Shekarata Dover. He would uh, he would immediately uh, correct it and say that that's not true, that it's uh, that, that, that uh, he would he would have to set the record straight because apparently everything that's uh, shtika is considered like a the Ritva writes, Mikan that any similar case, the Dayan should not be quiet uh, and he should uh, make sure to set the record straight. Okay, so now the Gemara discusses who has to pay the, uh, who, who, whose Chiyuv is the Yisrael Nechassim. Now that you're saying she is a Balaschov, she's not a Yoreshes, 
Whose balaschov is she? The Abba or the Achi? Is she the father's balaschov or is she the brother's balaschov? So, uh, the, meaning when they're paying the Yisra Nechassim, is it that they're paying their father's chovos, that they're doing the job of paying their father's chovos? Or no, they're paying their own chovos. So the Mayna of Kamina, what difference does it make? Either way, they have to pay it. So the Mikvah, the Bainan is Shalabashua. Question is, can the Yisra Nechassim be collected from a Bainanis, from a Karka that's Bainanis without her taking a Shvur? Or, or the Zibur? or can it only be collected from Ziburus with a Shvua because if it's considered their own Chov so then a Baal Chov collects from Beninus and you don't have to pay any Lova collects from Beninus and you don't have to take a Shvua but uh, any Malva does not you don't have to take a Shvua but if it's considered to be that they're paying back the Chov of their father so then they could pay from the Ziburus because you some are Pareya Chovos of their father from the Ziburus and you can only collect from Yisomim uh, if you're a Baal Chov of the father, if you're going to take a shvua, so my, so is she a balaschov of the father, where she collects the buddhas with a shvua, or a balaschov of the children of the sons, where she collects uh, from the bainanis from uh, from uh, mid-level karka without a shvua? So Tashima says, well, we'll bring a raya to Ravina. That there was a dintara of the daughter of Ravashi after Ravashi had died to collect Yisra Nechassim and he allowed her to collect Beninus without a shvua. So apparently Balchov of the children. And not only that, Ravina also also collected from the son of Rav Sama Braid Ravashi Ziburis Bishvua. Where he collected Ziburis with the shvua because the Chov of Rav Sama uh, um, it, 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 the chov was considered to be a chov of the father. So you see, the Ravina considered the Eastern Nechassim of the daughter to be like a balas chov of the brothers because you collect for them for the brothers from the Karka and without a shvua. The second case was was uh, uh, why was the second case? Mibreid Rav Sama, Braid Rav Ashi. The Rav Sama was the son of Rav Ashi and he died and he was Morish his Nechassim to his sons and that's where Ravina collected Eastern Nechassim for Rav Ashi's daughter from Ziburis with the Shvua because the Chov was on Rav Sama who is Ravashi's son who had, uh, who had died. Uh, but, uh, but, but while the son is alive you, if the, even though the, the grandfather even though the father's dead so the daughter gets Yisun Chasim from the Beninus without a Shvua because she's a Balchov of the children not a Balchov of the father. So the Gemara discusses uh, do you collect the Yisun Chasim from a Karka for only from Karka or even from a Taltalin. So uh, the, the the Gemara tells a story that uh, that that Nisha, a woman came to Rabbi Nechemia and she asked that he should uh, that he should do something to help her in her din Torah by Rabbi Baravuna, uh, who is the Dayan in the place where she lived, and she needed to collect the Yisur Nechasim that her brothers have. So so Shalach Le Rabbi Nechemia braided Rabbi Yosef for the Rabbi Baravuna Zuta min Ardas. Rabbi Nechemia braided Rabbi Yosef sent a letter to Rabbi Baravuna Zuta from Nardak. He asked him, "When this woman comes to you, Agvi Yisur Nechasim." me it's trubla. You should collect the Yisra Nechassim even from a from a place where the uh, where the mill sits, where it's considered. Because he was trying to say that that's considered karka, and therefore you're allowed to collect the Yisra Nechassim from that because it's mechuber lekarka. When I was by Ravkana, have magvina amla debesi. We would collect the Yisra Nechassim even from the schirus habatim. That that's also considered karka because it's it's profit that's gained from karka from karka that you own. Shalchei Ravan and Ravun Ravan and sent a letter. 
When this woman comes in front of you, give her a from her brothers. So the Shliach came to Rav Huna with such a letter that said, Rav Sheshus was sitting in front of Rav Huna, and Rav Huna was very upset. How do you refer to me as Huna Chavrin, my buddy Huna, my friend Huna? Who do you think you are? Some Rav Huna said to Rav Sheshus, Zil go tell Ravanan who sent me this letter uh, that uh, and if you don't tell him what, I, what I'm about to tell you I'm going to put you in Nidoy I'm going to put you in Cherim because uh, I'm telling you this is what you need to say here's the Lashon Anan Anan Mimakarkai Omimitaltali that uh, sent him two Shilas but referred to him as Anan Anan no title no Rav no Rabba Anan Anan say his name twice uh, uh, do you collect the Eastern Chasm from Karko or from Metaltalin and also ask him Oman Yasef Bey Marzecha Beresha who sits at the head in the, uh, of the table in the Bey Marzecha which means we'll see, soon see means the Beis HaAvel it used to be that the Minig was that the Avel would sit uh, at the head of the table meaning in in general, the most chashav person in any gathering sits at the head, and the next uh, most chashav sits a little bit to the right. Rafuna sent him this shaila in order to be meramis to him that just like an oval is Yoshev Barosh, why is novel Yoshev? But what makes him chashav is just because someone died in his family. There's nothing that he did to make him, to make himself chashav. So sometimes he was trying to sell, send Ravanan. I know you have a prestigious position, but it's not because of who you are. Uh, sometimes people just land in a prestigious position, just like an oval is Yoshev Barosh. That's how the Rivash writes in. The tshuva, uh, the, the Rivash writes, quote in Shittu that uh, that's why he asked him this shaila. He was trying to be meramis to him that just because they call you Rosh Yeshiva, it doesn't mean that you're deserving of being a Rosh Yeshiva. You just landed in that position. So Azra of Sheshes Kamed Ravanan. So here of Sheshes has this embarrassment. Ravanan is a big Tamachach. He has to go and uh, speak to him in this way. So Amalei, Ma Rabba. So he starts and he says, Let me just preface by saying, You are so much greater than me. Ravuna Rabbi Rabba. Problem is, Ravuna is greater than you. So, and Shemut Isham Mandalo Amalei. And he put a Shamta and anyone who doesn't report this as is. If he didn't say a Shamta, I never would talk like this. His first shayla is from Karkor Metaltlin. Who sits in the head in the Bay Marzecha? So Ravan came to Marukva. Ravan went to Marukva. Amrlei. Ravan said to Marukva, "Chazimar hechi shalukli Ravuna." You see the way Ravuna talks to me in a letter. He says, "Ananana." Well, you called him Huna Chavrin. Yeah, but apparently saying the name twice is a bigger bizayim. And he asked me some shayla about a word I never even heard of. He said, who sits in the Bey Marzicha? What's a Bey Marzicha? says to Ravanan, Why don't you tell me the whole story? So I sent a nice letter where I said, my buddy Huna, a guy who doesn't even know what a Marzicha is calls, calls Ravuna Huna Chavrin. So you deserve what you got. So my Marzicha, what is Marzicha? And in the context in Yermio, we know that it's talking about Avelus. How do I know Taka that a novel is Yoshib Rosh? Because the Pasuk says, when uh, Eov, in Eov, in, in when they were talking about his greatness, where the Avelim sits. So you see that the Avel is Yoshib Rosh. From the Pasuk, it sounds like Eov was Yoshib Rosh, like the Menachim, who are Menachim, other. 
other people. So Rav Nachum Yitzchak Yinochem Ksiv that it's uh, that he is becoming Menuchem, not that he's being Menachim. Marzucha Mehacha that we derive for that that uh, the the word Marzecha means Avel uh, who sits in the head of the table from Pasukin Amos Vesar Marzesuruchim. So we darshan Mar Vizach that he's uh, that his das is Mar Vizach that it's he is he's, he's disturbed. So that's Nasasar Lusruchim when a person is disturbed, meaning they're an Avel, they become the Sar to the Shruchim. They become the God Abayis, where they sit at the end of the table. The Allah at the end of the day, about all the topics in Allah that we've been talking about, was that the collection uh, is from the Karka, not from the Taltalin, whether it be for the Mazonos, whether it be for the Ksuba of that the Alman is collecting from the Yisomim, or whether it be for the Yisun Nechasim that the daughters get. Okay, new Mishnah. Hamash Shmos Lebito. If a person appoints a Shlish with some money uh, for to buy his daughter a field for when she gets married, vihi omeres, and the daughter says that uh, the money should go to her husband. Neman bali alai. I trust my husband. He's not going to keep the money for himself. He'll buy a field when he's good and ready to do so. Um, so yasa shlish The shlish has to do what the father asked him to do, and he's got to buy the property and give it to the daughter. Mitzvah lekayim That's what he has to do. Divrei Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yossi Omer. Rabbi Yossi says, let the shlish give the money to the husband, like the woman is saying, because what are you going to do if you buy a field? If you give her a field and she wants to sell it, she could sell it right away. So it turns out you're not going to accomplish anything by doing what the father said. If she wants it to go to the husband, it's going to go to the husband anyway. If she wants the cash to go to the husband, she'll sell it and give the cash to the husband. That's only if the daughter is a gedol. But a katana is unable to affect such a sale, and the Gemara is going to explain what that means exactly, and how that plays out in Ramei Rabiosi. So a person provides money to his son-in-law with the instructions that he's got to buy a field for the daughter, and then the father dies. Don't worry, let uh, my husband get the money. Uh, if it's after they're ready, you have nisuin, she's allowed to do that. You give the money to the husband, uh, because even the father gave the money to a shlish only up until the nisuin, and then the instruction was to give it to the husband. So uh, that we can listen to that instruction. But but in the the shlish has to hold on to the money and buy the sada and give it to her. Divrei Meir, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Hagadola. If the daughter is a gedola, then Ben Minayisun, Ben Minayisun, or Shus Biyada. Then whether you already had Nisun or not, she can uh, decide to give it to the husband. Katana Ben Minayisun, Ben Minayisun, Yasa Shlish, Mashlush Shus Biyada. But if she's a katana, whether it's from Eirusin or Nisun, then the shlish has to do what he wants to do, so what he was uh, instructed to do. So my Benayhu, what's the case where Meir and Rabbi Yossi disagree in the Bryce of the Mishnah? If you're going to tell me that it's a katana after Nisuin, where a mayor would say she's allowed to give it all to the husband, because Rameir says means even for a katana, that even after Nisuin, only a gadola could do what she wants, but not a katana. But the name is Sefer. The Sefer, the Mishnah says that uh, the, that we're only been talking about a gadola. Katana can't do anything. Haman Katanila, who 
who would be the author of that line? Ilema Rabbi Yossi, if you're telling me that it's Rabbi Yossi who holds that a Ketanim in Nisuin can't do what she wants, what's the Chiddush? He already said that in the Reisha. That if she wanted to sell it, she could sell it, but that's obviously only talking about a Gedola. Gedola, the Basvini in, Basvini, low. That would only be about a Gedola who can actually sell things, not a Katana. Ella, so it must be the safe of the Mishnah's Remeirhi, Vichsur Mechsavach Katani. And it's missing some words, and this is the way it should read. That if you're Mashish Mos for your daughter, and she says, Neman Bali Alai, that I trust my husband, so Yasha Shlish Mashushish Piado, the Shlish should still do what he was instructed to do. But when do we say you ignore the daughter's instructions and you do exactly what you were instructed by the father to do? That's Mene Erisin. That's only if they, if they only had Erisin. Aval Minani Suin, Harashus Piado. But if it's Minani Suin, then the daughter has the right. When do we say that there's a difference between Erisin and Nisuin? That's only Bigadola. Aval Bikatana in Maisa Katana Klum. But by a Katana, even Minani Suin, she can't do anything. So it turns out that both Rameir and Rabbi Yossi are Moda, that a Katana, even after Nisuin, is Eina Rashus Piyada. She does not get to do whatever she wants. So what is the Machlokas then between Rameir and Rabbi Yossi? El Gadola Mene Erisin. Machlokas is if the daughter is a Gadola and they've only had Erisin there. Rameir holds that even for a Gadola, we only listen to her min and Isuin, and Rabbi Yossi holds that uh, since she's a gadola, we listen even min ha'erisin. So itma Rabbi Yehuda Amr Shmuel halacha Rabbi Yossi, Rav Amr Rav Nachman halacha Meir, that uh, Rabbi Yehuda Amr Shmuel says that we pass on like Rabbi Yossi that gadola min ha'erisin, it's Rashus biyada to do as she wants, and Rav is name Rav Nachman says halacha Meir that even a gadola arusa does not have the right to do what she wants, and you have to listen to the father's instructions. Okay, Belisham, tomorrow we'll pick up at the two dots toward the bottom of the page. Great day.